Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place Podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and really excited to have with me today, Missy Garcia. So welcome, Missy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really like, looking forward to this conversation, seeing awesome. where it takes us, and yeah, diving yeah. right in. So sex leadership, or sex and leadership coach, yeah. uh, as well as blogger, writer. So yeah, that's yeah. so cool. I just was telling you before we started recording that uh, I stalked your page, and there's so much on it that... I just wanted to talk about, but one of the things that I was really drawn to was um, changing your sexual story. So talk to us about that. Yeah. So we've been given a sexual story, depending on our upbringing, a lot of the time. A lot of what has been given to us is based off of our cultural upbringing, our religion, uh, events that have happened to us, uh, our, our social upbringing with our friends. And oftentimes, even with women, because our sexuality is so out there for selling things, there's this, there's this so many different messages that we're getting. And we're often put into a box. And in that box are sexes for men, our sexes for a partner, our pleasures for them, or it's just for, you know, reproducing. And so there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of disconnect. And we're often not able to embrace our innate way of just being in pleasure. I mean, pleasure is our birthright as women. We have an organ specifically for pleasure and only pleasure. And we're not taught that. I wasn't taught that. And then I experienced uh, sexual trauma. And from that, I really disconnected from my sexuality. Like I just did not feel safe in my body, did not feel safe as a woman, did not feel safe to be like seen. And so I think what happens is we're often just like, well, that's what it is. This is where I stay. This is what I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to act, how I'm supposed to show up. And that is just for this over here. And so I like to give power to women that I work with that they can choose what is actually their story and what is not. They can choose, ah, this was given to me, but that doesn't feel right for me. So I'm going to change that into an empowering story. And they can choose, ah, I can re like go into reclaiming my pleasure for myself and I can know what that feels like and I can be with that. And I don't have to give away my energy, give away my sexual energy that I can just 100% own it for me. And that's really empowering for women to come into. Yeah, I immediately, so. I immediately connect with your words about the empowerment part of it because, well, one from the trauma from a trauma survivor point of, um, yeah, there's just something just beautiful and so very powerful about, um, yeah, owning this part of us that was violated, this part of us that was taken from us or controlled by someone else, um, just incredibly empowering. Yeah. And just even from a trauma survivor perspective as well, pleasure is very soothing for our nervous systems. So that's something that I teach women all the time, that even if they're in a situation where they feel a bit overwhelmed or they're fighting with their spouse or they're just, you know, having, you know, a, a body response that they can turn to just pleasure like just by rubbing their arms, rubbing their fingers through their hair. I'm constantly rubbing my legs and it helps bring me back into my body and ground into pleasure, which feels good. Yeah. So it's not just sexual pleasure. It's simple pleasure that you can do any time of the day when you need to kind of resource back into your body and to feel good again. 
Yeah, I again, I, I I thought of sensual sensual pleasure, just that tickling of the arms, and just it is very soothing and grounding and, and bringing you back right into the now, right here and now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if we go into your sexual energy, your sexual pleasure is the most potent life force energy that you have within your body. So I've learned to be able to use that for my healing, for me to move through stuck energies that have been locked down, like in my throat. My throat is the place where I uh, feel a lot of shutdown from repression of my voice, from not being able to speak about what happened to me from not feeling, you know, safe enough to express. And so I feel a lot of stuck energy. And I actually diagnosed with Hashimoto's too uh, about nine years ago. So, you know, stuck energy lodged into your body can absolutely manifest into physical things. And so I'm constantly using my energy from my sexuality to help to move through block energy within my throat chakra. And so you can learn to use it as like a healing modality, yeah. which I didn't know until I started to go into this domain and it became so empowering for me to basically heal myself with my own body. Yeah. I mean, you are totally intriguing me here and I'm fascinated by it because I love well, one. I love learning new healing modalities and ways that we can yeah, just tap into that. And I, the whole energy concept is very appealing to me because I truly think that more and more of us uh, are learning to tap into one another's energies. Um, and I think I had read something that you wrote or something maybe on your website about being able to then honor whether you want to allow that energy to connect with another person or if you if you don't feel safe with that person, you, you can then be like, no, no, yeah, that's mine. I'm going to hold on to it and you don't get it. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, because we've been so trained as women in the sexual domain to give away our energy, give away our pleasure, that it is for your partner. It is not for you. When you reclaim that domain for yourself, And of course, I've had a lot of conversations with my partner. I've been married for 10 years this year. So he's been on the journey with me and he reclaimed his own energy. So I wasn't responsible for his pleasure. I wasn't responsible for his, you know, um, orgasms, anything. He reclaimed that for him and I chose to reclaim it for me. Then we're two sovereign beings in our sexuality that choose to come together to share a sacred moment. It's no longer like a taking or a giving situation. It is right. a like integration a situation. Yeah. 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 It becomes beautiful. And I didn't know sex could be like that, to be honest. Right. I had no clue. That wasn't modeled to me. That wasn't taught to me. And that's probably the majority of people that are listening to that are like, it's not known in our society for it to be like that. No, right? Yeah. Well, it's certainly not what's sold to us. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. So it's very powerful. It really is. I think being your own sexual sovereign being is so powerful. And I have a daughter. She's eight. So we're not quite there yet. But that is absolutely like even now, you know, we don't have any shame around her body or, you know, if she, you know, touches herself or anything like that. There's just no shame. Like, okay, cool. You know? 
right. feels good, doesn't it? Like, right. yeah, I get it. And so like, when it comes to that point, when she's older and really starting to feel with the hormones and everything, it will be us 100% trying to get her to be her own sovereign sexual self. So she's not trying to go see what it is with other people when that doesn't feel really like honoring for her. Right. Right. So it's just again, I think it comes back to the same thing of is you you have to know your body in all aspects, and it's just an honoring of a part of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A part that we most disconnect from. Right. Right. Absolutely. And it's crazy to me because it's it's so used to sell sell things and and it, it's so put out there but yet it's so taboo I mean, yes it just seems it just seems odd in so many ways yeah well i also i think it's also because of the sisterhood culture like, i think there's a lot of dynamics to that uh our sexuality again has been sold but then also women have been pinned against women for so often and because a lot of women have in their religious upbringing of some sort of you know, all religions basically have an, a shame factor related towards sexuality and women. And so they have that dynamic, not only like it passes down. So from their mother, from their grandmother to them, and then it's just women against women. So if you do have somebody that is totally embracing their femininity and their sensuality and their sexuality and owning it, they're being shamed or usually in their sisterhood culture at school right. because it's, it's unknown. And so then from there, we disconnect. We're like, oh, that's not safe. That's not okay. I, I can't be like that. So they're like, no, they disconnect that way. Or so many of us have experienced some sort of sexual assault or trauma, and that's absolutely going to be disconnecting for us in that way too. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's, I mean, the one in four girls, um, one in seven boys, I mean, numbers are sadly staggering. Uh, yeah. And what a huge impact that has, right? Yeah. On sexuality. So, for yeah. Sure. And so, any, that's not talked about too. any uh, myths or facts that you would like to clarify for listeners? I think one myth is that sexuality is not safe. I think us being in our sexuality is not safe. What I discovered, because I, was so fearful about going into this domain. I was like, if I embrace my sexuality, what is that going to mean? Is that going to mean that like every single man is going to flock to me? I don't want that. I don't want that attention. I don't like, you know, I would, I didn't feel safe. I had embraced my own safety within at that point. And that's what I hear often from women is like, Ooh, no, I can't, I, I can't embrace that. So that's a myth that it's not safe. What I discovered for myself is when I reclaim this energy for myself, it's actually made me stronger, more grounded, more secure that people, I do get noticed just from my energy, but unless that man or person is extremely secure in who they are as a being, like perpetrators are not going to come near me. Cause they know, like they can sense my energy. Like, Oh no, that's not, no, right. that's a strong woman. And so I actually feel more secure and grounded because of it. And so I think that's a, yeah. a important thing to say. I never, I, mean, I, I never really put that together until you just said it because I've talked a lot about with 
in, in talking with speeches on the podcast, and I say that the whole um, predator thing is that they're, I believe they're just drawn to vulnerability. They're drawn to that energy. They, I used to say when I was a teenager and in my 20s, did I have a tattoo on my head? Like, why did this keep happening to me over and over and over again? But it was just the energy that I was giving off. And then as I became more empowered and along the healing journey, I didn't, I don't have that same fear anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I have been stalked, followed home from work and multiple times. Like it wasn't just a one occasion multiple times and I'm like what the heck on top of you know being sexually assaulted and so it was like why is this I was extremely vulnerable I was a traumatized little girl from all the things that I experienced and so my energy was very vulnerable very low vibrational energy even though I tried to portray that I was this tough badass woman like people could obviously like see through that and so now it's like, oh, yeah, and I can turn on my energy for like a magnetism sort of way. Like I don't use it to manipulate. I'm very conscious of that because obviously right. women know how to manipulate and to do that. I don't use it to manipulate, but I can turn it on in areas that I'm like, yeah, I just want to like radiate who I am as a being. And then there's times where I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like I'm just going to put on my hoodie and just <laughs> right. totally in myself today. And I don't need to radiate anything. And that's fine too. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so cool. I love it. <laughs> so it, it is like your, it's your power. It's your power that you have full control over. Yeah. And yeah. So that's, I think that's an important myth. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you. And, and one thing I want to say is one, I just want to honor your story and your history and say, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It so popped out of my head. I don't want to say proud. That sounds like a mom, <laughs> but just, um, yeah, I just think it's so incredible what you've, what you've done to take your story, your own personal story of trauma and turn it into triumph and to turn it into uh, empowerment, not only for yourself, but to help others and to help other women along this journey. So I, I kudos to you. That was the word I was looking for. Kudos. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was, it definitely wasn't something that I was thinking of. I was on my own healing journey for myself. And then it was, it, I, I came to this point within myself. that I was like, I have to be able to share this with other women that it is really needed. My voice is needed. My gifts are needed. Yeah. I have the ability to do that. And so, I, I completely changed directions with my career and came into this path, just honoring, just honoring the door opening for me and me choosing to walk through it, not knowing what was on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Which is scary, but, but exciting at the same time. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Do you want to share any of your personal story at all? Yeah. Um, so I didn't realize I can look back now because I know so much about trauma. I'm a trauma informed coach. And so I can look back now and see my little girl and be like, how did people not know how traumatized she was? I was in therapy at like, I think starting at age 10 or 11. I was, um, in a lockdown mental health facility at age 12 for suicide ideations. 
I was on antidepressants, uh, insomnia medication uh, around the same time. And no therapist that I worked with actually addressed trauma. And then at 16, I was raped by uh, my boyfriend as I was trying to break up with him. That was his last power struggle with me. Uh, he was very uh, mentally manipulative, really broke me down. So I had to kind of build myself back up. And surprisingly, I graduated from high school. I went on and became a registered nurse, the only child in my family to graduate from college. And from there, I realized how much I love holistic medicine. And so became a you know entrepreneur of holistic medicine. And then through my entrepreneurial journey, I realized how much my trauma was impacting my leadership, impacting me to be able to fully put my gifts out there, to be seen, to allow my voice to be heard, to really like embrace my presence of who I was as a as an individual, as a woman, as a leader. And that's when I realized my sexual trauma that's what i went into first was my sexual trauma and healing that so much like i was like oh my gosh there i am again yeah, yeah. there i am and my relationship suffered i mean i was constantly projecting my pain onto my partner luckily he was so patient so kind but there was never a rule book or even a guideline on how to be with a partner that has trauma Right. Yeah. And so we figured that out. And, and through that, now it's like now I'm still healing, you know, all the other parts of myself with my trauma, with, um, you know, my parents really messy divorce, abandonment issues. Uh, my brother getting hit by a car and almost dying. Yeah. It was so many things. So just continuing on this, like reclaiming healing integration journey. And just more and more coming back into the essence of who I am. And I, I know you could probably attest to this. It's almost like you're you put on your gear and you're going into your your, your own battlefield. And yes. it takes courage every single time to face yes. all of those things. But when you go through it, it's like, oh, there's freedom, yes. there's expansion, there's space. And so yeah, it's it's a beautiful journey. And so many of us choose not to go through it, but I really right. honor the ones that do. And I invite those to go on their own healing journey, whatever that looks like for them, because they can reclaim themselves again. Right. It's absolutely right. possible. Amen and hallelujah. And I loved it. And I, I hashtag trauma warrior is my favorite hashtag. And you're certainly a trauma warrior. And I love it. Those of us who, yeah. And what you just said about how many times I've told people it is terrifying to go back into that darkness, to, but you have to go, you have to go back into it and shine that light of hope. You have to shine that light into it. And then once you make it through to the other side, Oh, like you said, it's just, um, it's so broad and beautiful and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the saying that I really hate the most, and I mean, I hate kind of a strong word, but it's the don't look back. Your past does not influence you. And so many people just sit there and they just read that and they post it over and over and over again. And then when those things pop in, they're like, oh, well, 
just shove it back, shove it back. But it keeps coming into their presence in ways that they don't realize, and it prevents them from really up-leveling in their own leadership and who they are. And so you have to allow those events to come back for you to move through them for you to finally not have them have a hold on you anymore. Yes. I think it's so important. Yeah, you couldn't, I mean, I, I couldn't say it any better. That's exactly what, you're right, that you have, it, it's coming back for a reason. Yeah. There's something being triggered. There's something surfacing and just honor it. And my, my therapist used to tell me, just notice. And mm-hmm. that was very powerful for me to just be able to not judge it and sit back and just notice and think, okay, well, this is here for a reason. What is happening? What's what's coming up to the surface? And once I was able to do that and really work through it, again, very healing. Yeah. yeah. And also, I, I love to always remind myself and I love to remind my clients as well that those things wouldn't come to the surface if you weren't ready for them. Yeah. And so when they're there, it's because you have the inner strength now that you may not have had previously for you to actually integrate it and heal. And so it's your opportunity. And we can choose to shove it down or we can choose to say, all right, let's do this. Right. And, you know, if you have support and you have the tools I used to fear about like going through it would take me out for months. Like, oh, I won't be able to function. I won't be able to manage. I won't be able to do any of those things. But when you have all the tools, it's for me, sometimes like I can integrate and heal a past event within 24, sometimes 48 hours. And it's just like, whoop, okay, now coming back. Good. All right. More expansion, more space. All right. On to the next one. Whenever the next one wants to pop up. <laughs> That's fantastic. And so that's what you do. You help people do those things through your coaching business, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I help them and everything that I do is body-based. So, you know, feeling into the sensation, where is it showing up and how can we bring love, support, acceptance, nourishment, and integrate that part that's showing up that needs it. And so it's all in the body. And um, using, you know, pleasures as part of it. And again, just, you know, bringing pleasure here or using, you know, reclaiming their sexuality in a more, you know, deeper way. Uh, But yeah, it's absolutely just being connected into the body, into the sensations. The beautiful thing for me is I've been able to heal things that I didn't even have to go back into the story for. It was just what was showing up in my body. Ah, okay. I feel this constriction. I feel heaviness. Oh, there's a weight there. Oh, this part of me is sad. Okay, well, how can I, you know, bring love and compassion and acceptance to it? And through that, it's like, oh, okay. It can be lifted and it can be integrated. Yeah, so it's profound. Yeah, that's very profound. And I love the idea of, I did EMDR therapy for four years, but that was very intensive and terrifying at times because we really did keep coming back to the trauma, back to the trauma, back to, I mean, all of the traumas over and over again. And I like the idea of not having to go, the modalities that don't make you go back into the trauma, but just notice, like you said, of what's surfacing and um, yeah, working through, whatever that is that's surfacing without having to figure out why or where, exactly. it's, where it's coming from. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I honestly don't remember much before age 11. And even from 11 to my early 20s, it's very blurry. I kind of even go back to, if you have you seen the Hunger Games series? Yeah, yeah. The, the third movie when Peter was like, is this real or is this fake? Right. Like, I often feel like that in my own brain. And is this real or is this fake? And I just have to honor that it's coming there for a reason, that it must be real. And I just, what does it feel like? What's yeah. going on in my body? And I just move with it because it's so blurry from everything that I shut out, little bits that come through, you know, obviously that was my protection mechanism. Yeah. And so I just honor it and just, okay, well, whether it's real or fake, it doesn't really matter. It's showing up. It doesn't matter. And that's a good, really good point because a lot of times our brains, for those of us who went through trauma, our brains wire things and store things and remember things in ways that will help us cope. I, I know in one of my sessions, I, and I talked about this the other day on the podcast, but it, it makes the point. I had my therapist said, you know, what's happening? And I said, I'm on a tricycle riding in the air over the bridge, over the Ohio River. Like I was floating in the air on a tricycle. Yeah. Well, obviously that was not real. <laughs> but my brain was was helping process whatever it was in that particular trauma and had stored it that way. And so we were able to work through things. But yeah, it doesn't matter what's whether it's, you know, true to the actual events or the, just the way it was stored. Um, yeah. It's it's how we deal with it and, and process it and heal it. So Yeah. And, I, and, you know, if we go back to, you know, hope for healing, like, I think that's so hopeful for people that are like, oh, there's so much there. I don't know if I can go there. The beauty is you don't have to go there. You just can go here. And through being here, yeah. you can actually integrate and be where, where, there, wherever there is for you, where you're wanting to go. Yeah. Oh, that touched my heart. Thanks. That was that was beautifully put. Yes. So very true. So how do people get a hold of you? Um, my website's a great place. So just missyagarcia.com. They can see, you know, everything there. They can follow my blogs there. They can sign up and they can get an active energy meditation. So connecting down into their sexual center just through breath and through focus and then using that energy to move through all their energy centers so it's just really a connective uh breath and connection meditation process they can get that for free just by going to my website and then all my socials are on there so they can follow me on my all the different socials there too okay and then they can if they want to work with you certainly sign up for your coaching programs yeah, absolutely. So my coaching page is there, gives an outline. My coaching is very like consensual. So it's all there. The price is there. Everything's there. And if they're like, oh, that feels like a yes moving forward, then we just go onto a free call where we can really feel in if we resonate together. Cause it's so intimate, right? Like, right. When you're going to this place, it's so intimate. So you want to make sure that you resonate on like an energy level and connection level. And it feels really safe and really doable for you to move into that coaching client relationship. And so that's why I kind of do it in that sort of way. Cause I do go into very intimate sacred places with my clients. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously requires trust and yeah. 
Yeah, safety is the number one thing. Absolutely. Right. Feeling safe because if you don't, then you can't oh. really go anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, anything else? Oh, my favorite question. I always have to ask my favorite question. So <laughs> if you could meet anyone dead or alive to help you with your continued journey, whether it's your personal journey or uh, professional journey or both, who would it be? So it's so funny that when I was listening to your podcast, I heard this, this question and I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> that, that's going to come my way. And I just sat with it for a moment. And I'm so like, just go with your intuition, go with that. And whatever comes first is just what you're meant to say. Yeah. The first thing that came to me was Cleopatra. Oh, cool. And for, for me, she embodies feminine leadership. Yeah. So it was like really deeply in her feminine, but a strong leader. And so not only am I fascinated with that era and, you know, ancient Egyptian era that I would just love to have a conversation about all of it, yeah. but I would love to just be able to witness, you know, a strong, fully embodied feminine leader. And so that, that's what came into my mind. And I was like, all right, I just got to go with what intuitively came through me. <laughs> yeah, well, she is kind of the poster child of, of, you know, when I think about what it is you're doing and what your mission is, she would be like the poster child for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, she was just in it. She was so in her feminine and just owned it. And of course, you know, everything's passed down. We don't know how exactly, but that's, that's what she's portrayed yeah. as. Yeah. A strong, fully feminine leader. Because a lot of the other women leaders in the world are more in their masculine. Like, you know, Joan of Arc, um, you know, a lot of other, they're more in their masculine energy. Where when I look at Cleopatra, I'm like, well, she embraced her feminine energy. Yeah. But also was able to, you know, be strong and powerful at the same time. I love it. Great answer. My, my first Cleopatra. So there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. So anything else that we haven't touched upon that you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, I think there's so much. Um, I, was I was really touched by um, a couple uh, sessions ago, was it Matthew that was talking about uh, connecting paradigms and bringing... Oh, Matt Bennett? Yeah. Yeah. Bringing just trauma-informed care into schools. And I was so touched by that. Because I think my journey would have been different if that was there. Because, yeah. I mean, I didn't go to school. I hated going to school. I was, you know, kicked out for being truant. I was, you know, there's so many things that, like, if the teachers were informed with that, then they would have maybe been able to help me in that sort of way or be able to, like, hey, there's trauma here. And, of course, this was a long time ago. It wasn't prevalent there. I get that. But I'm just so touched by that. And I think it's so important for all industries to kind of have trauma-informed, especially coaching industry. Um, yoga industry, you know, any uh, massage industry, I mean, all of those industries really need to bring trauma-informed care because it's so important when 
somebody's on your table in a healing modality, if, you know, you are in a session with somebody like with yoga, I mean, that can obviously bring up things that you may not be aware of, being able to see kids and their, their behavior and not like just, oh, they're bad kids, shut them away. Like, oh, what, what is happening? What can, what can I do to support them? And so I think this conversation, even as a mother, is important for any other mother to be like, oh, my, my daughter's friend is acting out in this sort of way. What's happening? What's going on with that? And so I, I think that's a very important conversation, just trauma-informed care in all industries, especially. Yeah, yeah I, say, I say I dream of a trauma-informed world. Yeah, truly, where we can just all be trauma-informed as individuals and honor one another's uh, stories. I, I had talked about it maybe, I don't know, three or four months ago on the podcast, but I had a car full of teenagers. I have a 13-year-old daughter, and so I had a car full of teenage girls in the car, and there was someone standing on a street corner. We were waiting at a red light, and obviously this, this gentleman had... Um, I'm going to guess some trauma history in his life and was just acting. There was a lot of pacing. There was a lot of nervous smoking of his cigarette. There was a lot of, you know, just, just his mannerisms just gave off that energy of, of, um, he was struggling with something and the girls, um, you know, made some comments. I don't know if they called him a weirdo. I don't know what, I forget what they said. Something happened. And I said, you know, girls, I took it as a teaching opportunity and I said, we don't know his story. You know, maybe something horrific has happened to him in his life and he's really having a really tough time dealing with it or he's really struggling with, um, you know, how to do it. And it, it, it just I wanted them to take pause to say, we don't know what's happened to him. We don't know what's what his story is. And just, um, you know, send up a prayer for him send that he finds his, his path to healing. Um, and so, yeah, I think hopefully if. If we just more of us could just again do that and honor each other's past. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um it shows up a lot in the business world too. Oh yeah. You know, CEOs and just uh you know, women obviously rising in entrepreneurship right now, you know, stay-at-home moms going into network marketing. There's so many layers of these, you know. So if they have you know coaches that are trauma-informed, they can help them to integrate for them to really rise and keep moving forward. And yeah. so yeah, it's just a passion of mine to bring that perspective. So much so that I literally just wrote a letter to my dad and my stepmom, not to like, we're close, but sometimes like letters are easier to have conversations with them. (laughs) (laughs) And so I wrote them a letter just to let them know, hey, I've been, you know, they already knew about the sexual trauma and I, you know, informed them about that. And so they knew I've been on this deeper healing journey. I said through the deeper healing journey, I realized how traumatized I was all those times that I, you know, was a bad kid or, you know, was mean or had anger, all those sort of things. I was just this traumatized little girl that didn't know how to act, didn't know how to respond, didn't know how to be with any of the things that I was feeling. So I said, I'm writing you this just so you can gain a little bit of perspective and understand. So through that lens, it can maybe open their their mind to see what was really occurring so then they could possibly see it in other areas of their life too. 
So yeah. it's just letting them in. And plus, I don't like feeling like I'm hiding anything from people that are the closest to me. That's part of my own healing is to be really open about <laughs> things. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, when I put all that stuff out on Facebook, when I first started doing it, I think a lot of my friends and family were like, ah! <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I have people that don't talk to me anymore yeah. that completely have disconnected from me because of it. And that, that was a healing journey, too. That was a grieving process, too. People that I grew up with and I've known for 20-something years are behind my back talking bad about me, not wanting to have anything to do with me anymore. And, you know, going into that pain and actually grieving it and integrating and come to a place of forgiveness and just love and acceptance for where they're at. Right. So powerful. Right. And, yeah, but the more that we talk about it, the more that one light bulb could go off for one person, which can ripple through so many. Oh, so. Yes. It's women like you and other trauma warriors out there that continue to show up, continue to talk about it, that is changing the paradigm, changing the dynamic, and it will become a trauma-informed world at one point. Yes, well, and same to you. I just um, thank you for all you're doing again to shine that light of hope and to, uh, yeah, bring awareness to it. And Max really wants to say hello. So there we are. Hello, Max. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Max is driving me crazy right now. Hi, buddy. All right, back down. <laughs> I'm trying to snuggle him and hold him, and I feel like I've been moving around doing a little dance, trying to love on the baby boy. So <laughs> didn't even notice. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I should have just kept him down here. Well, we um, yeah, we're good on time. And again, if there's anything else that you want to touch upon, you know, you said you have lots and lots of stuff you could talk about. So certainly feel free to. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we can go into so many different things. Yeah. I think there was something that you brought up before we talked that you wrote down that oh, uh, you um, read. Yeah, let me let me read that. Was it the um, healing and integrating past events create space for leading the future? I thought that yeah. was, I thought that was yes. really awesome. So we talked about that, but it's definitely those past events. Uh, I can talk about like where I noticed it the most in my own sure. story. Sure. I, you know, I built a multi-six figure business and I still felt very like restrained, very like, oh, don't look at me. Don't like, no, I'm just going to do that. What I do over here, but I don't, I, I feared getting any bigger and my worthiness my deservingness, you know, all of that just kept me small. And it was because of the things that I experienced in the past. It was because of the, the disconnect from my power sources, because of the, the violations that I had. It was because of the things that I heard, the, the, the pain that I received, the abandonment, all of those sort of things that happened to me 20 something years ago that were subconsciously making me feel unsafe to move any further in my business. And so until I saw that and had the courage to go through it, there was, there was no way for me to kind of get out of that right. box. Right. Yeah. And so if anyone is, you know, why does this keep coming up? Why do I have this fear of, you know, doing this? Or why, you know, do I feel frozen when I go to take this particular action? 
it's usually something that's happened in the past that is coming up and it takes a while sometimes to connect the two but once you can, can connect them and then you can basically okay that's that i'm going to heal it i'm going to integrate it and no longer is it going to play into my present that's where that leadership expansion and when i talk about leadership i mean we're our own leaders right like right. we lead ourselves whether we have people i mean if you're a parent you're a leader too <laughs> you know so but you're up leveling your own leadership and through your own leadership expansion that's where it gives all the other people around you that are connected with you permission for them to up level too yeah i love that um <laughs> so one of the things you just said that i they just i don't know just connected with me was the abandonment thing um oh yeah yeah that was that's a that's a powerful one um yeah, yeah. so being able to rise above or i guess heal it and forgive and then use it i have found that i'm able to use it now that i've come to terms with abandonment issues and um i'm, I'm able to use it as an empowerment tool for myself so yeah yeah i mean anything i feel like anything that we integrate and we like go through it's just suck energy we can actually use that energy for empowerment and um i think also with the abandonment or just anything your partner is usually the person that's going to hit those wounds the most yes yeah. And again, if we go back to what I said like a long time ago, there's no rule book for how to be with a partner that has any sort of trauma because they're, you know, obviously your partner has all of their own things that they're dealing with, but then every single wound that they hit within us, whoo, it's automatically usually put onto them. Right. Remember, like I'll have stories with my husband and he's just like, I had no idea what was even going on. I would just look at you like, what the hell is happening? I only laugh because I've been there. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think it was a couple of nights ago. He's like, I remember like pretty early on in our in our relationship, I called you uh, weak minded. And like, because you would get angry about so many things and I'd be like, why are you just so weak minded? I'm like, oh yeah, that would have totally pissed me off because I tried so hard not to be weak. Yeah. I tried so hard to pretend that all the things that happened to me weren't there and I never felt them. So I had to always be strong. So if you called me weak, oh man. <laughs> right, you're <laughs> Exactly. Now, you know, it's like now because I've integrated and I'm like, yeah, I can be weak, but I can also be strong. Yeah. There's no, there's no right. There's no wrong. It, uh, it's, it's who I am. I have both parts. And so we've been able to do so much work together. And that's another passion of mine is working with couples, especially with one of them that has trauma to help them get the tools for them to grow their relationship and to heal. He's helped me heal the most with my sexual trauma. He's been the person that has been there to help me heal the most with it. And we've been able to go on that journey together in that way too. So I reclaimed it for myself, but also he has been able to help me change my story and help me feel safe and help me release a lot of stuck energy that has 
been within my body from it. So it's very powerful, but oh, your partner can hit those wounds so well. Yes. So if you find yourself getting angry a lot at your partner, uh, just I invite you to turn the mirror to yourself and see what it is that they're reflecting to you that really is just hitting that nerve for you and see it as an opportunity. Ah, that's a place that I need to go to heal. That's a place that is, you know, needing my support, needing my love, needing my care. Yeah. So they're just, it's honestly a service that they're doing if you start to look at it that way. <laughs> I mean, truly it is. By, by shining the light on those things where we, you said the word weakness, but, but those things that are triggers or the things where we do feel weak, it is such a healing opportunity because that's the thing that if it's firing you up, then yes, you need to take a look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and he, Oh, he can hit them all. (laughs) (laughs) But because he does so much work now that I mean, there's very, every once in a while, there's still something that will come up, but not very often. But yeah, then it's just, okay, this is what I'm noticing. This is what I'm owning. It's not, it's no longer me projecting it onto him. He's doing this wrong. He doesn't know how to talk to me. He, he, he. Now it's like, oh, oh, that hurts. And I'm like, then I go in. So instead of like giving him the power, because that's really what it is, you give them the power. Right. We project it onto them. I take my power back and I'm like, oh, all right, going in. What does this mean? What is this telling me? You know, where do I need to go next? How do I need to heal? And the abandonment one has been a big one. Yeah. Him, him traveling for work, that had triggered my abandonment um, issues, or abandonment fears, abandonment feelings. And so uh, we've been able to work through that one together. And still working through it because it's always it's always uh, oh we just said at the same time it's always it's always, always. Yes. it's always yeah so it's bringing consciousness yeah like the last time that triggered it so much he was gone for six days he came back for two and then he was gone for four now neither one of us did our due diligence to make sure that my nervous system knew that he was only back for two days I just knew that he was going to be gone, you know, a little bit later. Didn't know it was exactly. And so when I found out, my nervous system completely shut down. And that's why, whoop, all right, time to really heal it. Time to go in. Time to really like, but now we know we have to do our due diligence, really make sure that that's so communicated that this is exactly what the schedule is so I can prepare, so I can be with it. If something shocks me, in that sort of way right. it's harder right. for me to like get out of it quicker but if i'm like oh he's he's gonna be back for two great okay we're gonna really like spend some time make that really important and then he's only gonna be gone for four and then he'll be back then i'm prepared yeah so it's yeah. really being conscious of it too right so and two things that pop into my head were one i mean what again kudos to you for for, for being aware of what, what it is that, that triggers you, but two, um, what a gift you can give to those you're coaching and to those you're, you're, whose hand you're holding along their healing journey because you've lived it. You are living it. You're, you're still working through it, and um, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, you talk about an energy bank connection that can happen with people because you're living it and you've lived it. So, yeah. 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 I think it's important in a coaching space that, I mean, you can only take people as far as you've gone. You can't really take them further than right. where you've gone, yeah. you know, cause then that's like an unknown and it's not safe for your own nervous system. And so it's, it's powerful to like, I'm always, I'm a constant learner and I'm always like expanding that too, because not only for my own self, but then it also is in, you know, service to the people that I work with too. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, I thank you for joining me here on the podcast. It's just been fun, enlightening, beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It was a really just beautiful, like you said, beautiful conversation. I mean, I felt like we were just women to women having a, a chat and your energy is really grounded and really like connected to, which has kept me really grounded and really connected. And so I honor you for the work that you've done too, because for you to really be in your body after trauma, that that's the journey back. Right, is yeah. to really just be grounded into who you are and you model that so beautifully. Oh, so thank you, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's it was a long journey, but uh, oh, so worth it. So yeah, totally hear you. <laughs> All right, well, everyone, thank you for joining us on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Bye bye.